That moment, it really hit me. This is why I joined the Guard. People had gone up to the rooftops to escape the rising waters. Talk about intense moments. We had to lower the guys online some 30 feet down. This is where teamwork and training really paid off. It took steady nerves and steady hands for the chopper pilots to hover like that. No question, Guard pilots are the best in the world. I couldn't believe it. I just saved a life. What could be better than serving the people of my hometown? In the National Guard, you serve your community as well as your country while you work or attend college. In return, you gain skills in which you can build a career and receive benefits that can help you pay for college. Learn more about what it means to be a citizen soldier at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New Jersey National Guard, aired by the New Jersey Broadcasters Association and this station. The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of this station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to the pilot show of Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from ANS. Answers Live is an interactive talk show where you can call in and speak to my guests. And again, the call-in number is 973-267-9687. Excuse me. Answers Live is brought to you every Sunday by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state. Our main office is located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey, and can be reached at 973-285-7800. We also have seven other offices throughout the state and our newest one in Somerset County, New Jersey. You can visit us on the web at ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com. Today, our special guest is Dr. Seth Stoller, and he'll be discussing headaches. Good morning, Dr. Stoller. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me today. Thank you. This is a a pretty good topic. It's a nice one for my pilot show. So I'm going to start off by basically asking a little bit about you. Um, Let the uh, listeners know who you are, where your office is, a little bit about your educational background. Sure thing. Well, um, my name's Seth Stoller. I'm a neurologist based out of Overlook Hospital Atlantic Neuroscience Institute in Summit, New Jersey. I uh, have subspecialty training in pain management. I completed a residency at New York University, a fellowship training at Memorial Sloan Kettering in cancer pain. And my practice is part of a group named New Jersey Neurological Specialists. We see a uh, wide variety of patients over the state through Hackensack, Overlook, and Morristown. I'm primarily based out of Overlook. Great. And the uh, address there again? Um... 11 Overlook Road in Summit, New Jersey, and my office number is 908-522-2709 if any patients need to reach me. Great. Again, and if you need to reach Dr. Stoller after the show, you can always call the radio station, and uh, we'll get back to you with that. Okay, let's get started. Um, broad topic, but first topic, first question, I should say, is what is a headache? Great question. It's a very unpleasant or painful sensation, which can occur anywhere on the head. It can involve the face. It can involve the posterior aspect of the head, the scalp. And unfortunately, headaches can be a wide range of severity. Um, There's two classifications of headaches that we use. One is a primary headache, which is a headache not caused by another medical condition. The two most common causes of that are tension 
and migraine. The second type is a secondary headache, which is caused by a medical condition, such as diabetes, thyroid issues, bleeds, tumors, etc. So the most common type of headache that unfortunately the vast majority of the population experiences tension headaches. And anyone who sat in traffic has experienced this. This is a uh, headache, which is a band-like sensation across the head. Um, it can occur on both sides of the head. This affects 31 to 74% of the population, depending on the studies. That's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's a lot of traffic, especially in this area. So it's something that we experience. Um, unfortunately, some people on a daily basis, other people, it's episodic. The second most common type of primary headache is a migraine headache, and this can occur in 12 to 16% of the population. That's a very severe headache. Right. And I want to definitely discuss that a little more. With the tension headaches, how long do they last? I mean, I generally sometimes, I guess it is stress, I'll get a, usually starts on my neck, and then I start to get a little pain in the front of my head. And uh, working in this industry, I'm, I always hypochondriac, I get worried right away. But what is normally a normal tension headache? How long should that last? Sure. A tension headache can last anywhere from seconds to hours, but really should encompass both sides of the head. And the neck is a trigger. This is a, a definitive um, nidus or cause of headache. So when you carry all of your stress and anxiety and the muscles that surround your scalp, the back of your head, your neck, that can really clamp up, tighten. And it, it's reported by many of my patients as a vice-like sensation. And that, that's a very common description of a tension headache. Um, that's, that's basically how the duration will last. So. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's good. Also, what what type of lifestyle, I mean, in this day and age now with traffic and stress, what type of lifestyle uh, triggers cause these tension headaches? If, if you can actually pinpoint one specific or multiple specific pinpoints that would cause this headache to start. Absolutely. I, I think, unfortunately, I would say probably, unfortunately, just being a part of today's lifestyle in and of itself is a headache. Um, there are so many things that cause stress. Uh, Fears of war, terrorism, economic pitfalls, these are all on the news every day, and that's enough to get your head into an achy sensation. But as far as a typical lifestyle, fasting. Every morning, unfortunately, we are not a society that eats breakfast enough, and hypoglycemia is one of the most common causes. Hangover headaches. We're a society that consumes alcohol and doesn't hydrate after. The next morning, the brain will feel that, unfortunately, and that's another common cause. Lack of sleep. We run ourselves ragged as a society. We drink a lot of coffee. We stay up late watching television, doing work, reading books, taking care of our families. We do not get the adequate amount of sleep that is recommended by physicians. We are supposed to get seven to eight hours, and I, I would say okay. that the vast majority of America does not get eight hours of sleep continuously at night. No, absolutely not. Wow. That's that's really I only get about five. Yeah. Maybe that's why um, you, you did trigger something in my head. Caffeine. I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I have a headache because I didn't have my cup of coffee yet. Is that true? Does that is right. people get addicted to it? Can you get a caffeine headache? It's not an addiction. It It's a dependency. And unfortunately, caffeine can be 
a blessing and a curse. So for patients who are sleep deprived, that initial jolt of caffeine will stimulate our nervous systems to wake up. And it's that kick we need in the morning to function. And unfortunately, when we are drinking excessive amounts of caffeine daily, this can cause a caffeine withdrawal headaches on the days we are not at work or not consuming coffee. So the amount of caffeine consumed certainly relates to the amount of headache which can occur on a withdrawal. Interesting note is that my migraineurs who don't drink caffeine, they will use this as a treatment during their migraine events. And this will help the nervous system to clamp down on these events. Now, I just heard a word, migraineur. Sure. You actually have a name for people that have migraines? Sure. Yeah. Migraineur is, is a noun that we utilize for, for patients with migraines. I am one of them. Um, migraine headaches are distinguishable from other headaches. They're classified by the International Headache Society as happening at least five times in a lifetime, although when you have less than that, you certainly are experiencing migraines. You just haven't kicked that threshold that the classification requires. Migraine headaches are unilateral. They're often pulsatile or throbbing, and they're associated with sensitivity to light, sensitivity to sound, occasionally nausea, and occasionally vomiting. You do not need to have all of those symptoms in order to meet the classification of migraines, but you should have some combination of them. Um, you're talking about the migraines. How do you know? Sometimes, uh, thankfully, I don't get headaches very often. So when I get one, of course, I carry on. Um, how do you know if it's just not a severe tension headache or a migraine? I mean, there's sometimes where I get a, a headache and I have to go lay down. I know it's not a migraine, but right. it's it's quite severe. So sure. what would be that trigger for someone out there that's listening to say, oh, I, I don't, maybe I'm a migraineur? <laughs> right. Well, the the worrisome components of migraine are the sensitivity to light, sensitivity to sound, okay. and nausea. And that's really what distinguishes a migraine headache from a tension headache. Tension headaches occur on both sides of the heads, uh, of the head, but unfortunately with migraines, the headache will start unilaterally and then it will migrate, which is the derivative of the term, to both sides of the head. And unfortunately with migraines, these will be disabling Often my patients will say, I literally need to sit in a dark room with a damp washcloth over my head and nothing else will work. It's a really disabling condition for some patients. Fortunately, it is treatable. Unfortunately, it's something that we can help with. Okay. Um, I do want to elaborate more on that migraine. Do headaches have a pattern? Do they, they follow certain patterns? Yes. Migraine specifically, there is a menstrual component for many of my patients that they are able to time when in their menstrual cycle migraines occur. Um, and this can relate to their pre or post menstrual syndromes, uh, symptoms, not syndrome. But unfortunately, if they cannot track that, it affects the treatment. When my patients can track the cycle day, there are treatments that are taken prophylactically in order to curb the migraine from occurring. Cluster headache is another interesting phenomenon where the part of the brain which regulates our day-night sleep cycle or circadian rhythm is involved, and this can occur in patches or clusters. The other headache I would say is 
unfortunately related to seasons are allergic rhinitis or sinusitis headaches. And this can occur in patients who have hay fever or other headaches which are related to seasonal changes. Changes in barometric pressure also have been noted in many of my patients with tumor or bleeds. And there is a component to that that we don't have the exact pathophysiology on, but certainly something to the contraction of the pressure in our sinuses relates to that. To that. Um, you did touch on something that's kind of uh, personal to me. I have a very good friend um, who suffers from cluster headaches and going through it with him recently, it was kind of um, interesting the way, w- what actually is that where he physically had a physical sign where his eye would swell, um, it would become red in water. He said it was kind of like a brain freeze when you eat ice cream. Sure. And to watch him go through, it was, it was quite scary. And the weirdest part, and actually you were the one that helped him, um, he's doing great now, but it was just, he suffered and then he will, and it seemed to just disappear. Right. Is that where it comes in clusters or? Yeah. Cluster, cluster headaches are one of the most disabling type of headaches. I have patients who say they would rather bang their head against a wall, a concrete wall, than endure it. Patients have to pace. Unfortunately, what's known as the autonomic nervous system, which some people know is your fight or flight symptom, uh, system is what's involved. And as a result of that, you can have changes in your pupils, in sweating patterns. Um, It can affect your facial musculature. And clusters are really disabling. Fortunately, they're treatable. Unfortunately, one of the treatments for it is high-dose oxygen, which is very cumbersome for most patients to carry around and often requires trips to the emergency room, which as a neurologist, I aim to prevent from occurring. Well, I got to give you kudos because uh, he is doing well. He did start the oxygen therapy and some of the medications, and it looks like we're, we're over this initial cluster. Um, so thank you for that. I'm happy to hear that. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, we have a uh, caller. We have Bill from Bernersville. Uh, Bill, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Uh, you're on with Dr. Stoller. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dr. Stoller? Great. Uh, my, my, uh, my question is, uh, I know that uh, uh, cluster headaches occur in cycles, and I was just curious as to why they do that. I just had a 10-year absence of them, and uh, now they've come back again. They've uh, since uh, they've actually stopped, but I, 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 this is leading me to believe that they're going to happen again uh, probably later on in the year. But why do they occur in cycles, and they don't normally occur anything around the seasons? It's a great question, and we don't have definitive, definitive answers to why particular cycles occur. We do know that there is a linkage to circadian rhythms, to your sleep-wake cycle, but we don't know why in the course of a year from January to December it occurs in certain points. But unfortunately, sleep-wake cycle can affect this, and lifestyle in general can affect cluster headaches, but it's... I think a sleep-wake issue and and the amount of sunlight you get, the amount of sleep you get, all of these processes can interact to trigger or not trigger your cluster headaches. Well, that's it. How's that, Bill? Does that answer your question? Absolutely does, and I thank you very much. Great. Thanks for calling calling. Answers Live. Thank you. Wow, that was interesting. So hopefully uh, we answered some questions for Bill there. Um, To jump back... Uh, again, to the migraines that we learned a little bit about clusters, but of course, most people suffer from migraines. Um, what is the best treatment for migraines? The best treatment right now is FDA approved called triptan therapy. And this is a fascinating phenomenon migraine headaches. 
there's a part of the brain called the brainstem, which is more or less the electrical sounding board for migraines and, and how the brain functions in general. When the brainstem has what I would equate to an electrical storm, things go haywire. And if you can imagine your basement having an electrical outage, and unfortunately last fall many of us had this occur, everything goes out of whack. The sump pump the electrical streams, and as a result of that, other components of our house are affected, or in this case, our brain. So the plumbing's affected, and the blood vessels in the brain start to spasm and shake. It's more or less like having the heat and plumbing go down all at once because the electrical circuit's out. What's great about triptan therapy is it acts to alleviate the electrical storm that occurs at the brainstem, as well as stabilize the piping or the blood vessels that occur throughout the brain. So it's a very, very uh, phenomenal medication in the fact that it works on two fronts, the vasculature, the blood vessels of the brain, as well as the electrical component of the brain. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I do want to touch more on that, uh, but we're going to take a short break. And we'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Hi, and welcome back to Answers Live. I'm Tom Wood, and we're here with Dr. Stoller from Summit discussing headaches. Uh, we're going to start off right away with uh, taking a call from Maxine and Summit. Hi, Maxine. This is Tom from Answers Live. You're on with Dr. Stoller. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. What's your question for Dr. Stoller? Hi, Dr. Hi, Dr. Stoller. How are you doing? Good morning, Maxine. How are you? Can you can you turn down your radio, Maxine? Sure, sure. Thanks. You're getting... I have a, a question for the doctor. Is um is Botox safe for treating headaches? Yes, great question, Maxine. In fact, it is. Um, with Botox, it works on the scalp and the musculature of the face as well as the head in general and the scalp. This helps to alleviate a lot of the stress and tension that occurs in many migraineurs. Unfortunately, after time, we develop a, a level of hypersensitivity on the scalp and face, which is where we carry a lot of strain and stress. There have been FDA studies to approve this as a definitive treatment for migraine, as well as some other subtypes of headache. Does that answer your question, Maxine? That does. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks Anything? for calling. Thank you so much for calling Answers Thanks. Live. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. That was very interesting, actually, for me. I never knew that there was Botox to treat. Is that for migraines or for yes. tension? Yes, okay. for migraine headache, and there hopefully will be some more data to support other subtypes of headache in the future. Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. That Botox is really <laughs> very popular for many things. Absolutely. 
Um, real quick, again, I want to touch a little bit more on migraine uh, treatment, but real quick, I want to know, are there any tests to diagnose headaches? Well, the best test still is a comprehensive history and physical, uh, preferably by a neurologist, although this can be performed by other physicians and other specialties. When I see a patient with headaches, I do a very, very thorough history followed by a neurologic examination. I look for any causes of what I would say are red flags. In the chronic setting, someone who has headaches for quite some time, I look for red flags of neurologic dysfunction, i.e. weakness, numbness, visual loss, cognitive issues. And if I see that in a chronic setting, meaning patients who have had headaches for over 6 to 12 weeks, I would consider pursuing an MRI. In the acute setting, i.e. someone who has definitive head trauma or something of that nature, a CAT scan is actually the more sensitive test because we're looking for a bleed. But the MRI is what we do in order to pick up a tumor or vascular malformation, i.e. an aneurysm or an AVM. A CAT scan is done in the acute setting to make sure there's no hemorrhage. It's something that the majority of patients do not need. A history and physical is enough to determine if the migraine is or the head strike that the headache is a benign type of headache, such as migraine or tension, or if it's what I would say is more serious, we would pursue imaging. The vast majority of migraines, over 99.5%, do not require imaging. Okay. Um, touching back a little bit on migraine, and then I want to move ahead to a couple other questions. Um, you did tell us the best treatment was the medication triptan. Triptan, triptan. yes. yes. Um, what else, uh, for people that are listening, um, is, are other treatments for migraines? If they're sure. not good with that type of medicine or they want to try to do a different method? Absolutely. Uh, triptan therapy, there's eight different varieties of it by the different pharmaceutical companies. The secondary therapy that we use is developed, ironically, in Montefiore in, in the Bronx. is called Furoset, and that was the standard of care in the 70s and 80s as an abortive treatment. This is a therapy that involves Tylenol caffeine and a comp compound called butalbital. They also used ergot derivatives, which are from rye, and this is something which acts in the same part of the brain as the triptans, but it's less refined. This is something that was used in the 60s and 70s. It's fallen out of favor to some degree just because it is not as purified in the side effects which can occur, including uh, chest tightness, nausea, etc., can be debilitating to the patient. Fail that, good old non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are useful, and rest, lack of light, and in some cases, caffeine can help to abort headaches. Okay. That's that's interesting to know for everyone. Um, before I, again, move on to a couple other things, I want to know tension headaches. Most people take ibuprofen, aspirin. What's the best for your regular headache that I could say most people suffer from? Sure. The, the best treatment for the garden variety tension headache is to take no medication. What we worry about over time is what's called rebound analgesic headache. So if you have tension headaches several times per week, or better yet, several times per year, then it's okay to take Tylenol or Motrin. The best thing is to identify triggers, whether it's posture, stress, um, exercise. And if we can do that, there's a treatment called biofeedback, which teaches literally the scalp to relax itself. Fail that if your headaches are occurring intermittently and throughout the year, it is okay to take Tylenol no more than 3,000 milligrams in 24 hours or a non-steroidal. But we want to avoid taking those every day because after time, 
these expose the brain to changes which ultimately can lead to headaches. So it's something we have to be very careful about. Okay, I just learned something. I'm one of those people that takes it all the time <laughs> Not every for day, headaches. No. Um, okay, note to self. Um, are certain foods uh, triggers for uh, migraine headaches? Absolutely. One of the unfortunate things that we see are what you get at the end of a fancy dinner on the dessert menu. So the really fine aged cheeses, the really fine aged wines, chocolate in its most purified forms are all triggers for migraine headaches. Nitrites and nitrates in deli meats and in highly processed foods can be a trigger for headaches. MSG or monosodium glutamate, which has been common in certain ethnic foods, has a very high propensity to cause migraine headaches. So those are things that people should avoid. Wow, that is that that is startling to me because the, those foods are the foods that most people enjoy. The, so the things uh, we love the most can cause uh, us to have the worst headaches, unfortunately. Okay, listeners, uh, life's getting boring here now. <laughs> you can still have your <laughs> treats, just track if it is causing your headaches. Okay. Um, going to jump a little bit, but I do hear a lot um, with, with the spring coming up, um, a lot about concussion. Sure. And I'm going to be having some shows uh, coming up in the next several weeks on that, that exact uh, topic. And I'm going to hope to bring you back to discuss a lot more on that stuff. Um, but what is a post-concussion headache since we're in the headache realm right now? And can right. you talk a little bit about that now and also some tra traumatic brain a little bit? Sure. So in a concussion, the brain is subject to external trauma, whether it's mild or severe. What happens is the brain is shaken. As a result of that, there is no permanent damage, thankfully. It's what we call mild traumatic brain injury in a concussion. But there is a multitude of symptoms which occur. And this is why we call concussion-related headache post-concussion syndrome. It's, it's part and parcel of that. So the headache is accompanied like migraine, occasionally with nausea and vomiting, sensitivity to light and sound, but there are other symptoms which occur. And the differentiation of a post-concussive headache as compared to a migraine headache is the post-concussive headache is not episodic. It's directly correlated with trauma and it occurs daily. It also will occur with psychologic issues. Patients will have difficulty concentrating, have impairments in attention, impairments in memory. They'll also have sleep dysfunction. They will be having too much or too little sleep, napping during the day. There's also a component of what we call vestibular dysfunction, which involves dizziness and balance issues. And these symptoms are part and parcel of the bigger post-concussion syndrome. Okay. Yeah, the, we're definitely going to be having a uh, a show on that, everyone, um, in uh, March. So uh, just check the schedule for that. Um, we're getting close to the end, so I wanted to um, grab another question before we close today. Can you discuss other types of possible causes of headaches that may be more serious? Absolutely. This is where the bulk of the anxiety with seeing the physician comes in. Do I have a tumor? Do I have something else going on? What is incumbent upon tumor headache is that this is not a headache that typically occurs episodically. This is a headache that occurs in most cases daily, and it increases in severity over time. With tumor headache specifically, patients will have neurologic dysfunction. So they will have difficulty with strength, coordination, memory, cognition, other components. Some patients with tumor headache will present with a seizure. Uh, headaches with 
trauma can occur. Unfortunately, Natasha Richardson had a headache which people thought was related to concussion after a fall on a ski slope several years ago. She did not present in a timely manner for medical care and had a subdural hematoma, which unfortunately was catastrophic and bled out. Um, Hillary Clinton recently was diagnosed with a concussion, but her concussion progressed and her symptoms changed and her findings changed and she developed definitive neurologic symptoms, i.e. weakness or numbness, we don't know, but something tipped off her neurologist that something else was going on. She had a blood clot in the brain known as a cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, and unfortunately, it's something that could be life-threatening but is treatable. Also, aneurysms or arteriovenous malformations can occur, and these as well will present as, in some cases, the worst headache of a patient's life, but will present with focal neurologic dysfunction. Fortunately, at the Atlantic Neuroscience Institute, we have an exceptional team of neurosurgeons and neurologists that can help patients with this. Um, Some of our neurosurgeons are the top in the nation, and they can help treat these conditions. Great. And for everyone out there, those neurosurgeons are from my company, Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, and I agree with that. Um, We're actually going to have to close today. Um, I want to thank you, Dr. Stoller, for being my guest. I definitely want to bring you back to to delve more into these topics. They're very interesting. Uh, Next week, for everyone, we are actually going to touch on uh, starting one of my stroke programs. I'm going to do a series of uh, talks on stroke, and uh, next week we'll have uh, someone discussing that, um, ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. Again, uh, thank you for listening to my pilot show of Answers Live, and please tune in every Sunday at 9.30 for more of my special guests. And we'll look forward to talking. Thank you. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. Hello, Chris of the Morning Team here, reminding you that we give away a free at work lunch from Uncle Vinny's and Whippany every Monday morning at 710. You may be saying, 